Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. I hope that you guys are all smiling today. I'm smiling because this morning when I woke up, my sister made me a cup of coffee. So God bless America. I'm feeling like a million dollars. We've been trying to be our own baristas at home during this time, and she's learning, and it's amazing. It was so, so good. I hope that you guys are smiling today also. I'm smiling because I woke up this morning. I'm smiling because there's breath in my lungs, and I'm smiling because you know what? We serve a God who died for us and who rose again so that we might have a chance, not just at everlasting life, but at life more abundantly while we're here on earth. And I just welcome you all today. I know that services have been looking a little different, but you guys are still showing up and it's such a blessing. And would you guys just pray with me for a few moments this morning? Dear God, I worship you today. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each and every one that's tuning in right now and those that will watch later. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch each and every one, bless everybody's Easter celebrations, and help it to be a time of just remembrance of what you've done for us. Help it to be a time of family time, gathering together, and just celebrating this beautiful life that we've been given. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So you guys, I've been reading in Jeremiah um, for quite some time. I've been studying the book of Jeremiah, and... I wanted to just tell you guys about a certain chapter that I've been reading. And sorry, I have to take a breath, you guys. I put my belt on too tight. And so it's like digging into my circulation here. I'm, I think I've eaten too many bowls of Captain Crunch, and so I just need to breathe. But anyway, um, I'll work on the belt loop situation later. But anyway, um. I've been reading in Jeremiah, and chapter 18 talks about God instructs Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house, and he wanted to show him something there. So Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, and he watches as this potter has a vessel on his wheel, and the vessel is marred, meaning it's imperfect, it's disfigured, there's something wrong with it. And so Jeremiah watches as this potter takes this disfigured vessel and he makes something beautiful out of it. He makes something new out of it. So much so that if you were to look at the disfigured vessel and then look at the vessel that was new, it was a brand new thing. You didn't even recognize it from before. And the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and basically said, I want to do this with Israel. I want to make a new thing out of you. And you know what? I believe that during this time, God wants to do a new thing in us as well, if we will allow him to do that. And, you know, I believe that coming out of this whole situation, the same way that we came into it, if, we, if we're unchanged, we've missed something. If we come out of this whole situation the same way that we came into it, I truly believe that we've missed something. If we don't change spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally through this time, then we've really missed an opportunity, in my opinion. And you know, 
when God was talking about, I want to make a new thing in you, I want, to, I want to create something new out of you, he was actually referring to the people of Israel because they were so quick to turn to wicked things. They were so quick to just turn away from God. And a lot of the things that distract us in this day and age aren't necessarily wicked. It's like Netflix. It's like social media. And all of a sudden, our time is being spent elsewhere. You guys, my belt is digging in. But anyway, blessings. Okay, <clears throat> so we really need to just be cognizant. We've been given this beautiful extra time. And what the Lord was telling Jeremiah is if the Israelites will turn from their wicked ways, just like this potter did with this disfigured vessel, I can make something new out of you. And that's exactly what my prayer is for me during this time. God, show me ways that I can improve. Show me new things that I can be working on, new talents and giftings that maybe you want to reveal to me that I can plug into, that I can bless others through. But you guys, don't let this opportunity pass by. We're so good at filling our time, aren't we? It's like, oh, we have time for another video. Oh, we have time to binge another Netflix series. And it's like, no, no, don't waste it. Let God do something new in you. You know, my uncle Marcel has been working here in California for some time, and he's been away from home. And one Sunday I just said, you know, uncle, are you missing home? And he said, I am home. And I kind of looked at him and he said, home is wherever I am. And I thought that was so beautiful. And you know, brothers and sisters, the church is wherever we are. Because when Jesus Christ lives within us, we carry the church around right inside of us. The church is not a physical building. The church is wherever we are. So where two or three are gathered together, if you're sitting alone in your living room, me and you are too. We're two or three gathered together. God can do great things. I hope that your homes are be being turned into churches. I hope that you're praying. I hope that you're fasting during this time. I hope like never before you are reading the word of God because God wants to do something new in you. God wants to make something beautiful out of you. And you know, I really believe this time is a wake-up call for a lot of people. Where are your priorities? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you living your purpose? Are your eyes fixed on God or are your eyes fixed on the world around you? Turn your eyes to the one that can make something beautiful out of you. God bless you. I love you. Happy Easter. You guys all have a great day. We have so much to be thankful for. Go get dressed. Go do your hair. Put some shoes on. I put shoes on. You can put shoes on. Have a wonderful lunch. I don't care if all you have is peanut butter and jelly. Cut them cute. Do the little angle cut on the sandwiches. Make it a celebration. Celebrate your family. And you know what? In lieu of Easter baskets this year, check out Renee's video. She went around and she did an egg with some kind words about each of her students. Why don't you do that with your families? Instead of passing out candy and exchanging gift baskets this year, why don't you exchange words of encouragement about each other? Why don't you speak life over each other? Why don't you speak blessings over each other? I love you. God bless you. Happy Easter. Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Jessica. What an encouraging word to start our special 
Easter Sunday morning service. God bless you all. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. We love you all, and we're so glad that we can uh, be with you in spirit and over the internet and over the cell cell uh, signals and uh, however you're joining us this morning. Amen. We just want you to be blessed and encouraged this morning. I'd like to sing a couple of choruses. And like Jessica said, I know that we would love to be singing this in the church building together, face to face, hearing each other and seeing each other close close by like uh, like a family. Uh, but like she said, you know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is within us. So wherever we are, we are the church. And wherever we sing, the presence of God will be there. And wherever we praise, uh, he will come and inhabit the praise. So let's sing in the presence of Jehovah. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, Troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King, in the presence of Jehovah. God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. Amen. Folks, we're getting in his presence in this home and in your homes and troubles are going to vanish. Hearts are going to be mended in his presence because he's the King. Amen. Let's sing one more. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. 
I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. Oh, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. Oh, are you feeling Jesus? Let's sing it again. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. One more time. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jehovah. Thank you that you're here for us. Thank you that you're protecting us and keeping us and providing for us through all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, more than 2,000 years ago, there was a man born contrary to the laws of life. This man lived in poverty and was reared in obscurity. He did not travel extensively. Only once did he cross the boundary of the country in which he lived, and that was during his exile in childhood. He possessed neither wealth nor influence. His relatives were inconspicuous and had neither training nor formal education. In infancy, he startled a king. In childhood, he puzzled doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature, walked upon the waves as pavement, and hushed the sea to sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine. 
and made no charge for his service. He never wrote a book, and yet perhaps all the libraries of the world could not hold the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme for more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marshaled an army, nor drafted a soldier, nor fired a gun, and yet no leader ever had more volunteers who have, under his orders, made more rebels stack arms and surrender without a shot fired. He never practiced psychiatry, and yet he has healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. Once each week, multitudes congregate at worshiping assemblies to pay homage and respect to him. The names of the past proud statesmen of Greece and Rome have come and gone. The names of past scientists, philosophers, and theologians have come and gone. But the name of this man multiplies more and more. Though time has spread 2,000 years between the people of this generation and the mockers at his crucifixion, he still lives. His enemies could not destroy him, and the grave could not hold him, and he stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed of God, acknowledged by the angels, adored by the saints, and feared by devils as the risen personal Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is the incomparable Christ, and Jesus is his name. Oh, thank God, folks. Amen. Amen. We are serving a living God, and because of that, there is nothing that we can't get through. We are going to get through everything that anything is thrown at us because we have an incomparable Christ in our lives. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3? Philippians chapter number 3. And I'd like to echo with along with Jessica, uh, go, go at, and, and see uh, Renee's video uh, for the kids, a Sunday school uh, lesson and a little uh, personal video for her students. It's a beautiful thing when you get a little chance uh, you know, later today or this week. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. I'd like to title my message this morning, He Died That I May Know Him. He Died That I May Know Him. There is no doubt in my mind that we are living in the last, in the period of time the Bible refers to as the last days. We are seeing Bible prophecies come to pass right before our eyes. We're not only seeing it, we're living it. This is not a time to be ignorant about what is going on. This is not a time to be in the dark about what is going on. Apostle Paul told us in the, about the end times in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We are going to need, folks, in this time, much more than a form of godliness to see us through. We need the awesome power of the resurrection, the awesome power of God. We need to know the truth about God in a close and personal way, having firsthand knowledge of him. It's not enough to know about God or to know him through other people's experiences. I got to know for myself. I got to be like Thomas when he said, I don't believe when the apostles told him that Jesus came when he wasn't there. He said, I won't believe it until I put my finger in his in the nail prints in my and thrust my, my fist in his side. And Jesus made a special trip just for Thomas. Thomas, come here. And he did that, and Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Folks, he's got to be your Lord and your God. Not mom's God, not dad's God, not grandma's God. Though we appreciate all of those people's prayers, but their prayers are not enough to have us in our own personal relationship with God. We've got to do it for ourselves. Amen. We all know a lot of things about famous people in history depending on how much we've read up on them, studied them. We all had to study U.S. history in school. It was one of my favorite subjects. We had to familiarize ourselves with how our country was founded, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and Declaration of Independence, and so forth, and, and those that have led our country throughout its history. You know, And since we only have had 45 uh, presidents in our nation's history, there was always in our in school. I remember there was always special emphasis giving to studying these men. Of course, when I was going to school, there was a lot less than forty-five. But we won't get into how old I am. Okay. So besides our current president, you know, there are four former presidents that are still alive today. I'm sure I don't know if you know that Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. And we all know about these men. Some of us know more than others. Some of us may have had to do a book report. On them, and that you know, when I was in school, we didn't have the internet to do book reports. You know, we had to go to the good old encyclopedia. We had to go to newspaper. We had to go to the library. Ever heard of a library? We had to do all that and do like actual study, touching paper, touching book pages. It's an amazing thing. And uh, you know, even with all of that, we didn't really know those men. Most of us have never seen them in person. You've seen them on TV you know, or in the newspaper, you know, and we never had the privilege of being introduced to them face to face. And none of those men know our names. Amen. But in the gospel of John, Jesus let us know how important it is to have a personal knowledge of the truth. Remember the last days, amen, they will not have a knowledge of the truth. John 8, 32, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. You want to know about God? You want to know about the creator? You want to know about what we're, what our purpose is and why we're here and what this thing's all about? You got to go through Jesus to know about God. You got to know Jesus to know God. Amen. You got to understand Jesus to understand God. True freedom comes from knowing the truth 
And knowing the truth means knowing Jesus. In 1 Timothy 2.4, it talks about God, our Savior's desire for all of us. It said, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. We need the knowledge of the truth. We need understanding. Folks, Jesus came to die and rise again so we would have the greatest opportunity of our lives, which is to have a close and personal relationship with the creator of heaven and earth and to allow him to give us understanding beyond our natural ability. The book of Daniel has a lot of end time prophecy in it. And it speaks about the last days that we're living in today and what it takes to successfully live in those last days. Let me just read a couple of verses out of Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 and 33. But the people, and Daniel was talking about there's going to be some stuff coming on the earth. It's going to blow people's minds. And if our minds haven't been blown in the last month, I don't know what will. Amen. But he said, during those kind of times, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And then he goes on to say, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Folks, praise God. We need to know our God. You know why? Because I want to be strong. I want to do exploits. Exploits means take action. Amen. Like Jessica said, don't just, you know, don't just waste this time. Don't come out the same person you were a month ago. Amen. When this is all said and done, come out the other end. Amen. Much more a child of God, much more knowing about Jesus, much more understanding his presence and his plan for us. Amen. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They will rise above the fray. They will not let the negativity bring them down. And they will be an example of light to all that are in their homes, in their neighborhoods, at their workplaces. Amen. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Praise God. Amen. God, give us, you know, folks, understanding comes from a knowledge of God. When you know the truth, the truth is much more than doctrine. The truth is much more than the Bible. Amen. The Bible said, amen, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh. The truth is Jesus is the word. And when you know him, you'll have understanding and you will God will use you. You don't have to be a preacher to instruct people. You don't, you don't even have to be a preacher to pray for people for healing. They that believe can lay hands on the sick. Amen. I know that I can't be there and, and different ones can't be there to lay hands like we do at the altar or when people come up for prayer, amen, on Sunday mornings. But you have the spirit of God in your life. You know Jesus. You're a child of the king and someone's not feeling good in your house. You lay hands on. You pray for them, amen, and you know the Lord and you'll have an understanding and you can teach because I'm sure a lot of people are asking you questions that they haven't asked you. People are calling you. What do you think about all this? Hey, you go to church. What does all this mean? And it's a golden opportunity to share the hope that lies within you and God will give you in that hour what you should say to them because you have been striving to know him, amen. First Chronicles 12, 32, the Bible talks about the tribe of Issachar. 
Now, I know we don't, I mean, we, we, let, we know other tribes like Benjamin and Joseph and Judah and maybe Reuben, some of those more popular of the 12 tribes of Israel, Issachar, we don't really hear much about that tribe. But th this one is very pertinent to what I'm talking about today. Amen. There was a time in the, the nation's history where the Bible said in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, and the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Amen. And so God wants to give somebody understanding of the times and who more than us who are knowing, wanting to know him and know more about him. I pray that God gives all of us the understanding he wants us to have for the times we're living in so we will know what we ought to do. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom and let not the mighty man boast of his might and let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me. There it is, folks. All this other stuff's kind of heading out the window lately. But you know what? I still got something to be, you know, not in a bad way, because he said, the King James says glory. This, this version says boast. But, you know, you know, you can be proud of your kids, and that's not a bad pride. And God's proud of us, and that's not a bad pride. And we can feel good about the, the, the number one thing that should be the highest priority in our lives, which is, hey, you know, some of these other things, you know, uh, are kind of fleeting right now but something that can remain constant. Amen. I'm going to boast in the Lord that I know and understand him. And I'm getting more into it as the day goes by. Because he said that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So at a time like this, the things of the world grow strangely dim. Amen. They don't have the meaning they used to have. They don't have the value they used to have. They don't have the importance in our lives they used to have. You know, maybe we can get, a, get, a, you know, get away with not even dealing with some of this stuff. You know, we don't have to have it anymore. It's like, wow, I, I, thought, I, ha I thought I was dying to have this stuff every day because my schedule was so set. Amen. But you know what? It's different. We're coming out a different person. We're coming out a different, a different way, of with, of way of living life. Amen. My relationship with God is the most important thing I possess. Things can be here today and gone tomorrow. People come and go in our lives. The one thing that should remain constant is striving to keep God first in our lives and to have a close and growing relationship with him. Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 said, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. You want to know? Yeah, I'd like to know what's going on. I'd like to know that. I'd like to know. I'd like to have, everybody likes some inside scoop. People like to, you know, newspapers and, you know, media, they like to get the first scoop so they can put it out there first or whatever. And everybody likes to, wants to know, hey, you want to know? Then follow on to know the Lord. Amen. His goings forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain <clears throat> on the earth. To know God is to love God. 
To know God is to love and keep his word. To know God is to follow him wherever he leads. To know God is to allow his will to be done in our lives. And when you know God, folks, he knows you. He knows right where you're at. He knows what you need. Amen. And everything's going to be okay. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said, and I know my sheep and and am known of mine. 1 Corinthians 8, 3, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And 2 Timothy 2, 19, the Lord knows those who are his. When I strive to know God, he knows He knows me. He knows the number of hairs on my head. He knows what I need. He knows my name and he knows when I'm not feeling good. He knows when I'm going through things and he will make a way for me. I'd like to talk about that second verse in our text passage. That was Philippians chapter three, verse 10. Let me read it again, just to to refresh our memories, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Another version said, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death. Amen. And remember that, to be like him in his death. There's something that is important. There's something that's powerful about that. This entire weekend from Good Friday to Easter Sunday has been a celebration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means to us and for us. Amen. We're talking about he died that I may know him. I want to know him in his death. He said to be conformed to his death. I want to know him in his burial. I want to know him in his resurrection. These three things make up what we call, and the Bible calls, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves us and puts us on a path to knowing and understanding the Lord in a very special and powerful way. Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, folks, the gospel saves us. And that's the whole point of the church. That's the whole point of Jesus coming to die for us so that we could be saved. What does saved mean? Saved means that if I died tomorrow, I'd be ready to go to heaven. Saved means that I've made my peace with my God and I'm walking a different life. I'm knowing him. I'm understanding him. Amen. He said, by which also you're saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul said in Romans 1.16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
Amen. He's not ashamed because he knows that's what the message is. That's the plan. That's the secret. That's the, that's the key to, to making yourself right with God, to fulfilling your plan by which you are on this earth. You want to know why you're here? You want to know what, what is life's purpose? It's to be saved and get in right standing with your creator. And the gospel is the method to do it. I am not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. So when he says to the Jew first and also the Greek, that's talking about every single person in the world. Basically, it's another way of saying every single human being. Amen. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. In other words, this wonderful life-changing gospel is for everyone. Nobody is excluded. All you have to do is believe it. All you have to do is obey it. How do I obey it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You're a very astute audience. Thank you for paying attention and asking that question. Peter said in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the church first was born in Acts chapter 2, in the blaze of just wonderful power and, and the Holy Ghost and everything, he preached the first sermon. And uh, when, they, when he finished preaching and they asked him, they, they felt convicted in their heart and they knew that they needed what he just preached. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Acts 2.38, this is how we obey the gospel. Remember, the gospel is death, burial, and resurrection. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or forgiveness, washing away of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He went on to say, this promise is to you and your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then, and then you keep reading a little bit. He said, and they that gladly received his word were baptized and were added to the church. Amen. The way I know him in his death is by repenting of my sins and asking him to forgive me. The way I know him in his burial is by being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ so those sins will be washed away. The way I know him in his resurrection is by receiving the spirit of God into my heart and allowing him to show me the way to the greatest life a person could ever live. Folks, if you don't know him in all three of those powerful ways, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to pray about it, to seek after him, amen, so that you could fulfill that full gospel plan in your life. Because once you do, you will be well-equipped to be strong, take action, and have a much better understanding of the times. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to give us a supreme sacrifice of your life that we may be forgiven and set free from the awful grip of sin. I pray that we will strive with all of our hearts to know you and understand you more each day. Help us to stay at your feet and never stray too far from the cross and what it means to us. Help us to stay in your hands so we will always be protected from the enemy of our souls. 
Help us to seek your face and keep our ears tuned to your still small voice as it speaks peace and assurance and direction into our lives. I pray that each of us has the best Easter ever, knowing that we have in our hearts, amen, in our souls, praise God, the, the greatest thing that is made possible for us to live that life, and that is Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, knowing him and understanding him. I pray these things in Jesus' name, and everybody say, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Happy Easter to you. I pray that you and your families have the best Easter ever and just have a wonderful time, a wonderful meal together and thank God for his blessings. Amen. God bless you and have a beautiful day. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.